listening to Breakthrough News. It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are here. We are back 128-2021 this Thursday. Very happy to be with you this Thursday here as we always are on The Punch Out, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as it were. We've got plenty to get to here today, including the city of Austin, that's Austin, Texas, taking from the cops and giving to the homeless. That's rare, so stick around for that one. We're also going to be talking about ongoing eviction resistance even during the pandemic. Yes, despite what you hear, people still being evicted. But first, we want to start with a a just, well, I don't even really know what to call it, but a story from the United Kingdom about how the spies of the United Kingdom are being given a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, we mentioned to you not that long ago that the government of the United Kingdom have brought an extraordinary bill to the floor of the parliament. That bill, the Covert and Human Intelligence Sources Bill, known as the Spy Cops Bill in popular parlance, would give spies the ability to be immunized from prosecution for committing crimes. Now, the question that, of course, first cropped up, of course, was, you mean any crimes? Is this just a blanket get-out-of-jail-free card if you're a spy? Well, I mean, it has to be approved by your boss, but remarkably, yes. Yes, it was, and yes, it is. The Tory government was refusing and continues to refuse to accept any amendments or changes that would make specifications that the blanket immunity does not apply to murder or rape or to the use of children uh, as informants or in other parts of their duties there. Uh, The bill is set to be voted on very soon here today. Uh, Most likely it will be voted on maybe right around the time you are hearing this, although it's not 100% clear. Nevertheless, in the House of Lords, the bill was amended two weeks ago, in fact, to ban murder and rape and involving children in the dirty deeds of spy agencies. They had a little shame there in the House of Lords. However, the government, the Tories, are making a full court press. They have ordered all Tory MPs, all the MPs of the Conservative Party to vote today on removing all of these amendments and handing spies the right to murder, rape, and torture. Yes, that's right. They are, that's right. That's what they're doing. I mean, there it is. The argument of the Tory government is astounding. I mean, even just saying that out loud, it's astounding. But their argument even more is astounding. They're saying that not allowing the spies the ability to murder someone means it would be easy to expose them by setting up initiation tests. Like, you want to be in this gang, you got to kill somebody. I mean, first and foremost, criminal organizations already have all sorts of tests and also advanced intelligence and counterintelligence that they're using to figure out what the police are doing. But on top of that, I mean, really? You're saying that you can't do your job without killing and raping people? I mean, we know you can do it without torturing them, but also killing and raping, I mean, unbelievable. Just quite an admission about what's really going on there at MI5 and MI6, if that's the kind of protection they feel they need legally. The Conservative Party has a good chance of succeeding here, given the numbers in Parliament, but it's really not for sure. There are definitely some Tory MPs who are opposed to this. Uh, The Labour Party, the so-called opposition party, is backing the bill with the amendments banning murder and rape, Uh, although it's unclear what 
they'll do without them. So far, they've only offered a pretty tepid opposition, at least from the leadership there, although individual labor MPs have been quite outspoken on the issue. Uh, and also, by the way, individual uh, labor members of the House of Lords. The real goal of the bill, though, is clear and straightforward, as we alluded to earlier. The UK knows that its spies are involved in all sorts of dirty deeds, something that I will note has been in the media quite a bit in the past year or so with major revelations coming out about serious transgressions of undercover officers who had infiltrated left-wing groups in the 1970s and the 1980s, done horrible things like, you know, had kids with people and then just disappeared. Uh, and that's, you know, there's many, many horrible things. You should look that up. Um, but also, there's been significant reporting both last year uh, and the year before that, but a lot of it done by Declassified UK about very close ties between UK intelligence and many murderous regimes. So obviously, without a legal framework, clearly they're worried that they are vulnerable, these UK spies and their supporters in the government. So they're seeking to protect themselves as they go about the business of attempting to manipulate the world on behalf of British elites. <laughs> Yesterday in San Jose, nine people were arrested protesting evictions at the Santa Clara County Courthouse. That's the county that contains San Jose. The protesters made up tenants from around, made up of tenants from around the area, were attempting to block block the doors to the courthouse to prevent eviction proceedings from going forward. And this is something that's been happening all around the country in cities as varied as Kansas City and New Orleans over the past several months. And as we've reported to you before, state law in California, like many other states, and the federal CDC moratorium on evictions, while technically preventing evictions, it's only because of the issue of non-payment of rent, which allows for a number of loopholes that landlords, of course, use to find ways to carry out evictions. Uh, and also, there is the fact that many of these programs, you have to take various affirmative steps before you are even eligible. So there's a lot of ways that you can still find a way to evict people through the back door, if not the front door. Not to mention, the accumulation of back rent is creating a massive eviction crisis whenever the various moratoriums on evictions evictions end. Right now in the state of California, for instance, it's estimated there are 1 million people, 1 million people behind on rent owing roughly $4,000 per person or per family, depending on average. And 37,000 of those people who are behind on their rent owing $4,000 on average, 37,000 of them are in Santa Clara County, where the protests took place. Protesters were also demanding that even if evictions do happen vis-a-vis uh, -vis the court process, that the sheriff refused to carry them out. And of course, they're refusing to both stop evictions and the sheriff is refusing to not carry out evictions. So just so you know, the government not on the right side there, unsurprisingly. The absurdity of how many holes exist in these so-called eviction moratoria is on full display everywhere, but especially in New York City this week as well. Outrage grew in the city as the story of an EMT who survived 9-11, was facing evictions, made the rounds. Joe Conzo, the EMT in question, is facing eviction, along with dozens of tenants in nine buildings because the owner of the properties is selling the properties. So despite the so-called eviction ban, if you sell a building, you still have the legal right to kick everyone out, even though it's in a pandemic. So you know the people buying the building would not even say this is an eviction. They'd say that they're just exercising their legal rights and they're planning to sell these apartments for hundreds of thousands of dollars per unit while kicking out working class uh, residents who've been living in these apartments that are mainly in the Bronx and upper Manhattan for decades in many cases.
Tenants, however, aren't organizing, and already a range of local officials are jumping on it to try to find a way to keep people from being kicked out, that is. And given the PR over this thing, uh, it very well may work out. Let's hope it works out for all these tenants, but there are many more in the same situation that will still be in danger. And really, it's all just a further glimpse into how profit is allowed to triumph over the needs of people in the United States, even during a pandemic. <laughs> Well, and to end off with some good news here, the Austin City Council in Austin, Texas, it's the capital of the state of Texas, you were wondering there, they voted to buy a hotel last night in their meeting and create permanent supportive housing out of it. It's going to be 60 units all told for those who are experiencing chronic homelessness. And notably, a significant chunk of the money, just over $6 million, came from money that was shifted from the police budget, making this one of the more notable successes flowing from mass demands that took place in Austin and around the country last year to defund the police. Those demands were, of course, based on understanding that crime is deeply related to the social ills of our society and that reducing it requires not more cops, but addressing the massive issues from homelessness to poverty that play a key role in creating something akin to public safety or the lack thereof, as it were. But pointing out that it wasn't cops that were addressing this. You have to deal with the deeper causes. That's what defund was about. And as journalists at The Appeal noted, with the vote having uh, happened here and moved forward positively, that, quote, the city's homelessness service division will contract with nonprofit service providers to cover operating costs and set up wraparound services for residents like case management, support for mental health or substance abuse issues, workforce development programs, and job placement services. And next week, another vote will happen. It was supposed to happen last week, but the two got separated on another similar project, another hotel. It would be 80 units of permanent supportive housing. Uh, there are some individuals that live around this hotel that are pushing back on that, but it does seem like there's a chance that next week the it will go the same way and that there'll be more permanent supportive housing created for homelessness, uh, homeless people in the city of Austin. Now, you know, 60 units, 80 units, all very good, but just for you to know, there are about 2,500 people sleeping on the street in Austin at any one time. So it shows that there is a very long way to go here. And one fact that just has to underpin all of this is, is that overall in this country, there are literally millions of more empty dwellings than there are homeless people. So this is a problem of will, not of means. It can be solved if people want to solve it. Thankfully in Austin, a bit of will has emerged and away has appeared. And that's going to do it for us here today on The Punch-Out, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is Thursday, so don't forget at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at BT Newsroom across all your social media platforms. I will be back. We'll be with you live on the Freedom Side. Got a lot of great stuff for you here, including a look into brutal conditions in South Carolina's prison system. But that'll do it for us here in The Punch-Out. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern Time.